Here's the thing. Look, James, maybe I shouldn't be here. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not being fair. You know, under normal circumstances, etc., you're really nice and funny. My friend Anna thinks you're cute. Wait, hold, hold. Your friend Anna thinks I'm cute? Your friend Anna thinks I'm cute? Shit, I just blew. Wait. <sighs> 285. 285 and the wrong girl. Welcome to the end of the world. Yeah, you got free time for a podcast because you ain't going out. Yeah, you have yeah. nowhere to go. Although, when are you listening to this? I listen to podcasts on my commute, usually. So... I haven't been listening to many because listen, I'm not going anywhere. I listen when I cook. I listen in the shower. I listen. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess I could do that. Or like maybe if I'm doing like work that I could kind of tune out a little and have some background something. I don't know. I can't listen at work. I can't listen while I'm while I'm working because right. I miss the podcast and that annoys me more than me too. Yeah, yeah. missing the work. Because then I got to rewind and give a shit about the work. Yeah, exactly. Oh. Uh, so yeah, I uh, hope, however you're listening to this, in your bunker, uh, wherever you are, uh, hey everybody, hey yes. what's up? Oh wait, we don't have our masks on. Sorry, I forgot to mask up before it's I recorded so this. This will go great. This is going to work really well. Anyway, mise-en-scene can be defined as roughly... <laughs> that was a terrible joke that I just made, just terrible. We have to joke because my, that's the only way to keep ourselves sane. My physical comedy is, is one of my strengths. You're crushing it. <laughs> crushing it welcome everybody back to how have you not seen this it's a podcast where a husband and wife which is me daniel and me tracy take turns showing each other movies that the other one has not seen before yes we missed last week because i'm going to be totally honest with you i had a complete mental breakdown why what's going on um is something happening that would maybe have caused that bad grade on a test no i didn't that wasn't no it. that wasn't but there's it. no like global cultural situation Not that could like a it was kind of like a pandemic no it was kind of like being told that i can't leave my house and N- see my family and nothing you're saying is ringing a bell it was kind of like my baby brother was stuck in new york which is the epicenter of hell but he's not now i know we got him we got him down here thank goodness and he's quarantined quarantined he's in a house where yes. he can't leave no he cannot leave so so yeah we missed a week because it I was just, just you know i whatever. couldn't the movie that we're doing it just didn't fit the mood that was hap- it just didn't fit no and i just said i can't do this i'm really sorry and he was like daniel's like no no it's no and it's totally fine, fine with me because i had a crazy week at work i am of course very very grateful to be working yes i'm incredibly grateful continues. that i'm able to work from home uh just the industry i'm in and the work i do it's very um customer centered and so it's been a very busy challenging couple of weeks so uh yeah last weekend was a good chance for me to rest up too Yes. Mm-hmm. So we uh, apologize for the, and I just forgot to tell everybody. So I'm sure y'all were like, "Yeah, where the hell is the?" Podcast? We thought about it over the weekend. Like, let's make a post on Monday to say, "Hey, we're sorry." <laughs> but then by like Wednesday, I realized we hadn't done it, and I was like, "Fuck it, we'll just catch them next week." I mean, y- y'all have shit going on too. Yeah. You know, a lot of you had kids. Yeah. Sorry really about. Sorry about sorry. that. Yeah. I Should've mean, pulled out. Really, really. Uh. Man. Although you know, not. Uh, not 100% safe. No, it's not 100% safe. Just masturbate. 
Just okay. wear condoms. Wear condoms. And take birth control wear pills. Wear condoms and take birth control Although pills. Although for most of you, it is too and late. also get a vasectomy. And I mean, really, just just be careful. Be careful. Well, they already have them now. Okay, other people, though. Be careful. Be careful. Be very careful. Or just get a radical hysterectomy like yep. me and then you really don't radicals a medical term it doesn't mean like a tubular hysterectomy yeah it's like, like it's yeah. like totally awesome yeah. what a bitching hysterectomy lady all right that was and then michelangelo surfs in with pizzas yeah is that too weird yeah <laughs> you didn't have it i know it quarantines who gets to make jokes do? about my hysterectomy you do i'm sorry yeah that's right but i was because i was this. And listen, anyway. And listen, for those of you that are like TMI, I say to you, you chose this podcast. Yeah, you know what you're getting. It's and, free. Uh, yeah, it's free. Right? Yeah, it's free. It's free. They're not paying. Nope. I'm saying, I please. We have nope. like two sponsors. Nope. I don't even want to hear about one it. of them. Is me. <laughs> so um, when last we spoke, Daniel had shown me shutter island is that what we, was that the last episode that sounds right that yeah. sounds right uh-huh shutter, shutter island, island yep. which i fucking love great one and which i then um told my dad that he needed to watch and he got real excited about it and um you should tell your dad who will also get excited about it yes and i decided that I mean, it's a martin scorsese movie that involves world war ii dads kind of have to like it yeah dads so. are like required yeah my dad how how is how are your how are your family members spending the quarantine? My father is reading uh, nonfiction books about presidents, which I think is like a requirement when you turn 70 and are a white conservative man. It is. Like, I think you wake up one day and in addition to whatever else happens that day, just a copy of a presidential biography it just appears in your mail. You don't know yeah. who it came from? Yeah. I think it's government issued. But yeah. like you turn 70 and you're like, you know what? I'd like to see what Andrew Jackson was all about. It just mm-hmm. fucking happens. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. He told me that he was he he had spent too much time in the 1800s or the 1700s. I can't remember what he said. I think he said I've spent too much time in the 18th century. So I'm going to read about Churchill now. And yeah, then he had to tell me about so how fun. amazing Churchill was and how we were all basically just bums compared to him. And I said I didn't care. And he was like, well, that's not okay. And I was like, I'm going to yeah. go. I love you. Which like, and I, I am not a big nonfiction reader. I'll occasionally read some nonfiction, but it does not have a lot of appeal for me. It's going to happen to you. I don't want it to. It's going to. Uh, I'm going to start going insane on Ancestry.com. Oh, shit. And you're going to read presidential biographies. Oh, my God. That's what's going to happen, isn't it? It is. Fuck. I don't want to do that. Well, we can change. Hey, you know what? What? It could be a different universe like in the movie that we're about to talk about. Oh, damn. Did you major in segues? That was A+. plus. didn't, but I'm amazing. That was amazing. Also, I think I would be really good at ASMR where I just whisper and I maybe eat like a banana into the microphone. Smushy. See, for me, I'd be screaming and ripping the headphones off my ears. But some people like that. I don't know. I'm yeah. not an ASMR. I am uh. I am a, um, what is it? Mesophonia, mesophiliac, mesophoniac, mesophonia. Yep. Anyway, um, so let's talk about, do we have, do you have any other stuff you want to talk, any other quarantine Honestly, couldn't think of anything. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I haven't worn um, jeans 
in three weeks plus. Yeah. Really any kind of pants situation. On There was one day where I wore shorts that had an actual like button. Yeah. But the rest of the time, it's just been like just knit house shorts, you know, like other guys would use them as basketball shorts, but I don't do that kind of thing. So I, they're just comfortable shorts for me. So that's my life right now. I haven't worn a bra in forever. Let I them mean, fly. Unless I have to go to fly. Thank you. That's Couldn't think of a funny phrase. No. Unless I have to go to the store or something, no bra. No. This is a bra-free household, my friends. It is. What do you, What is it? Tell everybody again what you say when you come home and take your bra off. I take my bra off um, under my shirt. You know, I do the girl magic thing that we can do that makes guys just blows their minds. And I rip my bra out from my shirt and I throw it across the room and yell, fuck the patriarchy. Every time. Every yep. time. Maybe not every time, but 99% of the time. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. And and you never really know where it's going to land. And then I'll wander in and be like, where's my bra? Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's pretty much yeah. our life. I'm like, it's on the back of the couch. You're like, why is it there? Anyway. I'm like, oh, sorry. Let's go. So. Okay, so, now so I'm caught up. So you're all caught up. I'm all caught up. The dog thinks that we now just live here all the time. She is so fucking psyched. Oh, she's so happy. Everyone's like, "Have a schedule," and I'm like, uh, "Eat my shorts." What do you mean, have a no, schedule? You I have a schedule. I don't have a schedule. My schedule's to ignore you. What kind my of dumb advice is, is that? My schedule is that we bathe every day. Yeah, you, you, you and your schedule. Whatever. We bathe every day, and I'm doing my schoolwork. Well, um, you live your life, I live my life. Before this, you were controlling your life just fine, and I was living mine. That yeah. has not changed. I mean, I have to homeschool you. Yeah, because I'm not super smart. My science knowledge is very lacking. It tops out around water is wet. Yeah. And beyond that... Salty, salty. Yeah, H2O, uh, an O2, that's oxygen. Oh, God, there's a carbon. Carbon's a big one. That's like a C, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you need to stop. Hydrogen is a big one. Yeah. Is neon one? Neon's one. We didn't. Yeah, neon. It's on the cha- it's on the cha- the chart, right? The periodic table. I want you to stop talking. <laughs> this is embarrassing me. What okay. if we called it neon because we like made it up and it was like an artificial thing? We made up everything. But like we created the compound in some way. I think you should really stop. <laughs> I mean, real like actual smart people might listen to this. Xenon. That's one, right? Yes. <laughs> Please help me. Yeah. I hitched my wagon to an idiot. Yeah, you did. No, I didn't. He's right. We're just I'm just pulling the wagon in circles in the yard. That's it's that's true. Where we're going. All right. So I've been dying to show Daniel this movie for a while. And um, like we tell you every time, we try not we try to keep the um films diverse so we're not like here's eight Martin Scorsese films in a row, or not that Daniel would have a problem with that. Or, nor would you. Nor would I. Yeah. Or here's eight goofy 80s comedies in a row. Yeah, we change it up. Yeah. Drama, so, comedy, era, genre. Yeah. So we saw 2010's Shutter Island. Yes, indeed. 2010's Shutter Island. And uh, this week we watched 1998's British slash American romantic dramedy Sliding Doors starring Goop herself gwyneth paltrow old vagina steam egg gwyneth oh. paltrow <laughs> vagina steaming you put you put something in your vagina like an it's egg an egg it's an egg yeah. yeah but also they steam something you st- they steam their vaginas okay yeah good old vagina steam egg yeah so uh gwyneth paltrow john do hannah 
Yeah, I don't think steaming your vagina is a good idea. Let me let me give you a little tip. For all you women out there, you're self-cleaning. You don't need to steam it. It's weird. Just leave it alone. Leave it alone. Also, you don't need to purchase a 24 karat gold dildo, which is something else that she recommends. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah. Goop. I, I Goop. Goop. Which we can talk about because Gwyneth Paltrow's in this movie and Gwyneth Paltrow... I think gave some really good performances and made some good movies. In the 90s, she was the shit, She was man. really good. She um, really was. And I we'll know, talk about that. I know that her success is partially tied to the evil Machiavellian oh awards campaign strategy of convicted rapist Harvey Weinstein. And she owes him for that. And it's weird. Yeah. But, what do you think? He either knows know. something or she did something. I and I don't want to know. I mean, I wouldn't. I don't know. But like... That's the thing, like, he, he's an evil, evil dude, not, I mean, the rape is not great, and then outside of that, also just a generally evil business dude, and so he, like, bought the Oscars for so many years because of his vicious campaigning, and that's one of the reasons she got that Oscar for Shakespeare in Love, but aside from that, she also just gave some good performances. She really did. I think she was really good in this. Yeah. And so it sucks to see her go, like, fucking insane. Yeah. Like, in Insane. Like, just be rich and quietly crazy. You're just yeah. publicly insane. Recently, she did an interview with her husband, Brad Falchuk, who did Glee. Um, they live in an 8,000, 8,000 square foot compound in Brentwood. And they were complaining that it was all, they were all crammed in there because the kids were there. And this quarantine was just too much, like it was, it was affecting their marriage. And I was like, I'm sorry, 8,000 square feet and you're crammed? Yeah. Like I have six animals. I have seven animals and one of them is gigantic and I do not. Yeah. That was about me. It was. Shit. But for real, like, there is a point, Daniel asked me last night, might have been, he's like, do you ever think that there was a moment when she was relatable as like an average person? And I said, no, because she comes from a, from a Hollywood family. And she started acting when she was really young. You know, she was young, Wendy and Hook. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Wh- she's never been real a moment in her life. I don't Hook believe it. Hook is terrible. Yeah, no, Hook is off. I walked out of Hook. It's a really shitty movie. I loved it when I was 11, but it fucking sucks. Yeah. The only thing Hook gave us is Rufio. No, no, no. I'm not going to do it? No. I'm not going to do the cheer? You are not allowed. We'll see what happens. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, other than that, it's terrible. She was young Wendy, that's right. She was young Wendy, yeah. And so, like, she's given all these great performances, but I have never felt emotionally connected to her like there are actors or actresses where i'm like i think that person is like my best friend um with her it's like i think if if i saw her she would step on my foot and just keep walking and not say anything or ask me for more water even though i'm sitting at the table next to her like i don't (laughs) think she would i don't get a good feeling about gwenny no um you know that's just my own She's just, she's a little too patrician for no, my I, taste. No, I, I can buy I'm that. I'm a plebe. I can buy that. And yet again, I still think she gives a really good performance in Shakespeare in Love. Uh, and I think she gave a good performance no, in Sliding Doors. Perfect Murder. Was it Perfect Murder? Uh, yeah, A Perfect Murder a with perfect Michael Douglas. Perfect Murder. She's fabulous Which I haven't in seen that. since it like she's came out. She's fabulous. She's also fantastic in Seven. 
Um, oh my god, yeah, she's great in seven. And uh, no, I mean, she's given uh, she's given some really really good performances also in the aughts. So I mean, yeah. I cannot fault her. Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, no, no, you yeah. can't fault her. She's a, she's a great actress in many ways. I'm just saying on a personal level. No, I don't think she would spit on me if I was on fire. No, she has a real weird kind of. There seems to be like a wall between her and reality. Like, didn't you? You showed me the clip where she was doing her goop show mm-hmm. with and and cutie patootie, um, the Avengers, all that. Chris Evans. No, the guy who directed the Avengers. John no, Favreau. John yeah. Favreau. Yeah. And she was like, it, yeah, it was John Favreau has a cooking show where I think it's called a Cooking with Friends or something, and John Favreau had, was cooking on one episode with Gwyneth Paltrow. What is this TV show for? We don't Nobody know. Knows. We don't know. We don't really know. It's like we I started just filming. We were actually doing it when we were filming Spider-Man. That was the first time. We just brought a film crew with us down to Atlanta and we cooked at the Optimist. Spider-Man. And we had a dinner. Well yeah, we were in Spider-Man together. Remember we were on Spider-Man? We yeah. weren't in Spider-Man. Yes we, yes, we were. Homecoming. You were in Spider-Man. No. Yeah. I was in Avengers. No, you Avengers. were in Spider-Man also. It's what? become Remember Spider-Man at the end and, and the and and Tom Holland's there, and you're going to walk out and do a press conference. I give oh, you the ring. Yes. That was Spider-Man. That was Spider-Man? <laughs> oh, my God. She was in the final two Avengers movies, and I don't even think she knew she was in those movies. <laughs> like, they're they're not good movies, and so she shows up, and I'm like, she doesn't know. They got her for, like, a day on set. She cashes her check, goes back to fucking Brentwood. Like, it's, no, whatever, yeah. whatever. So yeah. I don't think she's known she was in a Marvel movie since Iron Man 1 yeah. in 2008. Yeah. Af- after that, it's just been checks. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, she's definitely out there. But let's. OK, so let's go back. Let's forget about her as a person, as a real person. And let's talk about her as an actress. Uh-huh. And I think that especially in this film, she was perfectly cast. Yes. And I would like to know, how have you not seen this? That is a good question. This came out in 1998. Yes. So I was a 16-year-old boy, but also a super artsy, sensitive, non-sports playing 16-year-old boy. So it's... With a big poster of Kathy Ireland. Oh my God. Kathy Ireland is so old school crush for me. Like, oh my goodness. She was part of the dream team. It was her, Elle McPherson, and Rachel Hunter. I mean, that's it's fucking classic. What do we do with those kids? We totally ruined their club. I can tell you what I would like when I was their age. Ben, how are we going to get Kathy Ireland to do naked aerobics for them? Okay, I regret telling you that <laughs> very much. <laughs> anyway, um, where was I? Oh, yeah, so I didn't see this in you 1998. You were a horny, artsy kid. Yes, I was a horny, artsy <laughs> kid. Um, but also like a sensitive little dweeb. So like, it's not like I didn't see movies like this. Like I saw Shakespeare in Love that year and loved it. And I think Shakespeare in Love is still a great, great movie. Like... Just always gets me choked up at the end. It's a great, great movie. So it's not like I had like an, an allergy to movies like this when I was in high school. I just never really got around to seeing it. And I remember it being around because I remember being popular. I remember actually buying it as a Christmas present for my sister in high school one year uh, in the late 90s, mm-hmm. like getting the DVD, you know. And so it's like I, I totally knew about it. And I even knew the rough concept, like, you know, misses the train, catches the train. So it kind of splits into alternate timelines. But just never got around to seeing it. And then I think what happened, too, is this happened for a lot of stuff for me in like the late 90s and early aughts. I went to college from 2000 to 2004 and 
both saw a lot of stuff that was like pop culturally big at the time. We went to the movies a lot, but also missed a lot of stuff. Like I missed a lot of TV from that era and missed a lot of stuff that was right before that era because I was just busy or distracted. So I just never got around to seeing this and years and years went past. And I mean, I've seen tons of other Gwyneth Paltrow stuff. I saw The Talented Mr. Ripley, which came out in like 99. another great one. Yeah, so it's not like I didn't know about it. I just never got around to seeing it and I never felt a sense of urgency or desire to. And I think it's because... The movie's concept is so popular, it became a pop culture vocabulary word. Which we will talk about. And since I already knew the basic gist of the movie, I thought, oh, okay, I just never really felt a sense of urgency. I was like, okay, I could kind of guess what that's about. I'm sure it's fine. I didn't have any animosity toward it. I just never really felt like catching up with it. So I never really thought about seeing it until you brought it up to to see. And it's, again, one of those big, you know, classic pop culture touchstones that I just never actually saw, I just knew of. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it has always been a big time favorite for me because it was it came out at exactly the right time for me. Yeah, you um, you were like 2021 20, or something. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also and you know, rabid anglophile and it was, you know, the 90s music. It has yeah. the most 90s but like good 90s soundtrack, not, you know, fucking Sugar Ray. Sugar Ray bullshit. Cut to a Sugar Ray song. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, do it, not do that. Too late. All around the world, statues crumble for me. Who knows how long I've loved you? Imagine. The love interest is what a guy from the UK who quotes Monty Python like. Yes, could not be more aimed the, right at you. It's the absolutely incandescent, charming, big-eyed curly hair mopped hair john hannah john hannah who you will remember from one of our very first movies four weddings and a funeral yep and i think one of the other things that i love is that he's not i mean talking about captain america you know talking about chris evans he's not conventionally chris evans hunky he's not american hunky no neither is her boyfriend her cheating boyfriend oops wait i'll get to that um, he is also not, but she's gorgeous, and I'm just gonna say it: you see a lot of that in uh, in life. Uh, women are just um, where we see within, and men do not. Men... You're better looking than I am. And well, <laughs> stop it. People see me in public and think I'm lost or homeless. No, or they like, don't. I need help. <laughs> They'll see me That's on the absolutely not see true. me on the street and pull over. Like, are you okay, man? No. Are you? You're when sweating we got a lot. Together, when we got together, I did what every single woman does when she gets together with a man, and that is, I threw away probably three quarters of your clothes. Yeah. I got you trimmed up proper. Bye bye cargo shorts. Yeah, I got you trimmed up proper. Hello haircuts. And I, you know, took care of business for you. And you made me stop eating things like gushers. Yeah. And hot pockets. And hot pockets. Yeah. So it's um no, that was nothing. You're we're not it's not a competition. <laughs> um I'll, although I will laugh because he'll I'll walk out, we'll be going out and I'll walk out and he'll go, You look better than me and I go, I always look better than you and he goes, That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Why do I even try? You have less to deal with. Like, you're not a woman. Mm. You don't have to do all the stuff we have to do. This is true. Anyway, let me give you, let me give them, let me give everyone a breakdown of the um, plot for those of you who have not seen it. You know, I don't think they ever mention her last name in the movie, do they? But they do in this, in here. So just Helen Quilly. 
Oh. Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm. So, okay, she gets up one morning. She goes to work. She gets fired from her PR job. As she leaves the office building, she drops an earring in the lift and a man picks it up for her. She rushes for her train on the London Underground, but just misses it as the train doors close. And then you see the film Rewind. I'm doing motions with my hands. You can you all sh- see them. You should know that. You should set up a video feed. Oh, my God. But the film then rewinds and the scene is replayed, except this time she manages to get on the train. The film continues alternating between the two storylines in which different events ensue, but with the occasional intersections of the two. It's not confusing. You don't watch it and go, oh. No, they do a lot of good signposting that I want to talk about, too, to keep the timeline separate. Yes. Now, I don't know. Do I want to, like, really, really get into it? No. So basically... um, when she makes it home, she catches her stupid boyfriend cheating on her with a very sexy Gene Triplehorn. Hell yeah. I mean, good God. This is the timeline where she catches the train and makes it home. And yes. her boyfriend does not expect her to come home. That's why he, she finds yes. him in bed with Gene Triplehorn. Now, the one where she doesn't catch the train she goes up above and looks for um looks for a cab she is the victim of a mugging uh she has to go to the hospital then she makes it home and gene Triplehorn has left and so her boyfriend so she goes along unawares yeah so um mm-hmm. so you go on from there in one timeline where the timeline where she catches him she goes to live with her best friend who i adore she gets the super cute blonde haircut, which is her real hair. The the long brown hair is a wig. She gets the super cute blonde haircut, and I just wanted like I wanted to be her. I wanted that long, elegant neck. I wanted like I wanted her wardrobe. There's a really great article. Um, if you want to know about her wardrobe, just type in um, "sliding doors 1998 Vogue," and um, there's a whole thing about everything that she wore. And it's fantastic. Yeah, the clothes are so 90s. They're so like, 90s, but she's so fucking There's this gorgeous. one scene where she's like, she's in like what looks like a small like baby doll tee and like what look like Jinkos. And yeah. I'm like, oh my God. Like, yeah. It reminded and no me. No bra. Yeah, it reminded me so much of like fashion and culture and movies back then. It was yeah. like, oh, it was like time travel for a minute. I was like, oh my God, you wouldn't see those. She has those big old jeans. I was like, oh my God, that takes me back. Takes me back to high school. Anyway, so, uh, and in the other timeline, she is working her fucking ass. I'm sorry, you're, this this guy's a writer, and he's, you know, trying to write this novel, and he does, he has no job. She works and supports him. So when she loses her job, she's working two jobs to just keep them afloat, while he just fucks Gene Triplehorn and sits around wanking i don't know yeah he's an asshole in both timelines exactly he just gets caught in the first one and it takes a while for the things yeah. to happen in the other one so it's a great movie because it's like two movies at once and the end really shocks you because you the way you think it's going to go is not the way it goes but it ends up being even better than you thought it would be and the soundtrack like i said is so fucking perfect and i wanted to say because I know how excited you were when Dido's Thank You came on. such a flashback. So this is what's cool. It made an appearance on the soundtrack, but it didn't become a hit until three years later. Yeah, that's the thing, because it it was big when I was in college, because it was a big hit then, and then Eminem sampled it for uh, Stan, like, not long after. Yep. So... 
Anyway, I just loved that. So tell me what you thought. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. It's it's definitely of its time in terms of the filmmaking style and budget. Uh, like there's even some scenes like toward the end you can see there's a close of Gwyneth Paltrow in a bed and you can see the, like the latex and the glue that's keeping the wig on her head. Shut up. You could see that. Yeah, I could see it. But, but again, it's not, you, you don't hold it against it. And it's, it's very of its time in terms of the style. Like it's all very brightly lit and very simple. Uh, the setups are very simple. Like there's this one recurring bit in, I can't remember which timeline if it's in both where her asshole boyfriend, what's his name again? Jerry or Jerry. something? Yeah. Jerry meets up with his buddy regularly at a pub <laughs> yeah. to get advice or talk about what to do. Like, how do I either, how do I get her back or what do I do because I'm cheating on her and how do I deal with it? And all those conversations take place at the same table, with the same basic camera setups and look like they were shot over the course of like a day or two. And they just had them change shirts and then just get all those conversations like knocked out because there's no real, there's no change there. It's just the same angles going back and forth, little yes. things like that. Um, and there's it's it's also makes London a very small town. There's like four locations they go to. Like John Han at one point is looking for Gwyneth Paltrow, and he's it's London, and he goes to like a house, a restaurant, the other restaurant. It's like there's only three places you can go in London, and then he but he winds up correctly cross paths anyway. Like a lot of people cross paths in this movie because it's a very small version of it. It's very um, concepty, scripty, but not in a bad way. Like it's it's a really cute, strong. It's interesting concept. that you say that. Yeah, I will, I, I but, will um, be talking about that. But again, I also think they do some good. Like I said, storytelling visually to help you keep those timelines apart because they don't do anything like any visual tinting or uh, music shifts or any big changes when they cut between the timeline. Most of the time, they give you some special effects noises at the beginning as you shift between them. Yeah, to help you keep them straight. But what happens is, you know, for a while. Gwyneth Paltrow, she catches the train and then catches her boyfriend, and so she leaves him. And the other one, she gets mugged, so she has a bandage over her eye for a while. And so when it shifts back and forth, you see, oh, she got the bandage over her eye, or she doesn't. And, and then, then, the and then of course, she gets the haircut. And so in the, the timeline where she's single, she gets her haircut into that blonde hair, the short bob. So by the time the scar and the band-aid are gone in the other one, you switch back and forth and have a big visual clue. So... There's some really just fun, smart stuff like that. So uh, it really keeps you involved because, again, it's a cool concept, but it could get confusing very quickly to the viewer because these are all the same people in the same locations. How do I know which timeline I'm looking at? So we have to make this central character look different immediately. Mm-hmm. So they get her mugged in the hospital immediately, and then the other one gets the haircut. So it's a really smart way to do it. Uh, they also do some really fun uh, movie making stuff where like they'll follow someone in a door and the camera will track with them and then like a different person will walk by so you've like shifted timelines but you've kept the camera on the same person the whole time mm-hmm. it's like fun little tv or movie uh, making stuff like that that's really cute um again it's it's a fun romantic dramedy and i didn't expect the direction some of it was going to take you know what's going to happen you know things aren't going to go well for jerry because jerry's a shit in both timelines He's cheating on her in both timelines. He just gets caught in one and the other. He tries to make it work somehow and, and play out the string. So you know he's got to suffer. You know it's not going to go well for him in either timeline. John Hanna is really charming as uh, the guy that she winds up crossing paths with after she leaves Jerry in the, the catches him timeline. And they have a fun relationship, and, and that starts off to do some really good stuff. He's just a very winning, nice, kind, warm personality, and they give him some good lines. And Gwyneth Paltrow plays into it really well. Um, oh, he's so charming. 
Yeah, he's very charming. So, oh. uh, yeah, it's a really fun, entertaining so movie. Scottish. And I was really, really surprised by the way things worked out because, of course, it's a movie like Groundhog Day in that you just go with the conceit of the movie, you know? You don't watch Groundhog Day and think, well, why is he repeating all these days? And who did this? And what's wrong with it? Like, you know, and those were actually those explanations were in the original script for Groundhog Day in the original drafts. But then yeah. they took it out because they were like, we don't need that. So you just go with the conceit. But as you're watching the timelines go back and forth, I found myself thinking, OK, what's going to happen? How are they going to resolve this? There are a couple of moments where once something happens to her in one timeline that seems to physically affect the other one. So I think, are they going to? switch are they going to cross path how is this going to resolve itself so uh and we're just gonna have to jump right into spoilers for a 22 year old movie we just i think i have to yeah it's really interesting because in both timelines toward the end she is injured in the let's call them the blonde and the brunette timelines yeah. I, i've been trying to figure out how to tell them, tell them apart yeah. in the blonde timeline she gets hit by a car in the brunette timeline falls down a flight of stairs and goes to the hospital and i think oh so what's going to happen now and like uh, the blonde one, where things were going better for her, she dies. I know. I and I like covered my mouth. I was like, "Whoa!" I did not see that coming at all. And the brunette timeline, she lives, and then winds up like reconnecting the timelines by meeting the same people and starting things back up again. It was a really cool way to resolve that because I didn't know it was going to happen. Because again, as soon as the timeline split, you're like, "Okay, cool, fun concept," but after a while, you're like. You do start to wonder in the back of your head, how are they going to fix this? How is it going to play out? And I, because I genuinely did not know how they were going to resolve it. Because it's not like one's a dream or one's a fantasy. Like it's, they're both in the universe of the movie, real. They're both really happening. It's just one of those magical realism things. Yeah. So I thought it was really cool that they killed one and it's not the one you thought they were going to kill. No. I thought that was really interesting. I thought, again, the, the cast was fun. The, the jokes were good. Uh, it's it's very comfortingly 90s. There's some of the some of the dialogue is not great for Jean Triplehorn. She does an okay job with it. But like, again, it's like a, a very like charming 90s romantic dramedy. No, but I love the scene when she's like, Is that what you're trying to say? You can't leave her for me? Well, you haven't said you wanted that, have you? Jerry, I'm a woman. We don't say what we want. But we reserve the right to be pissed off if we don't get it. That's what makes us so fascinating. And not a little bit scary. That's a good line. That's yeah. a good moment. There's just some of her other dialogue. Like uh, when they, they make her run with the metaphor about like, I'm waiting for you at the train station. Oh, the yeah. bus is coming. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, like it's not great. But again, it's it's a it's a charming movie. And you really do want to see Jerry just suffer because he's just the worst. So, so you having said yeah. that, you having said that, um, there's an article in the cut by Ashley Fetters, and she's talking about the movie. And at the end, she says, so in its own chatty English rom-com way, I guess, Sliding Doors is a feature-length, breathy, strummy, 90s singer-songwriter song-tracked meditation on the notion of karma. What goes around comes around. You reap what you sow. You get what you pay for, no matter how many subway cars rudely slam in your face in the meantime. Because she's talking about how everybody 
in both timelines, as she puts it, the philandering asshole boyfriend gets found out and dumped. Mm-hmm. True love eventually gets met cute. Mm-hmm. The MVP friend comes through. Yeah. You know, you don't... There, she says there's no freak turn of events that allows the cheating boyfriend to just keep cheating or the well-meaning moral up, morally upright soulmates to just keep floating around in the universe unacquainted. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, he can't keep cheating because there's almost like this law, like... He, he can't just be left in one of the timelines to go off with the woman he's having an affair with and, like, move on with her. He's done the heroine wrong, and he needs to suffer. Or we, the viewers, are going to be like, why did that guy get off scot-free in one of these timelines? Yes. Like, no matter what happens in either timeline, even if one of them includes the heroine dying, this dude, Jerry, is the villain. And he has to lose. Yes. If he'd won in one of them, it would have felt really crappy and unfair. I concur. Just it's it's just one of those invisible laws of of movies and TV and stuff. Like he had to suffer. It's the rule. It's the rule. Yeah. So, but well, no, I'm I'm glad. Sorry, I was just gonna say uh, I liked it. I thought it was a fun, charming movie, and I'm really glad that I finally plugged another pop culture uh, blank spot. It was really cool. I'm here for you. Cool. I will make sure that. Your pop culture holes are plugged. Uh, weird. Title of your sex day. There it is. Okay. Let's talk about who made this masterpiece. I'll call it a masterpiece if I want to. Vim Vendors. Try and stop me. Oh, we would also like to know if any British people listen to this pod- podcast, um, what do you think of Gwyneth Paltrow's British accent? Because she's had one in this. She's had one in Emma, which I loved. I named my dog for um, I mean, I love the book. I yeah. need my dog for the book, not for... But anyway, yeah. I love the movie. And Shakespeare in Love. Um, Shakespeare in Love. What do you think of her of her accent? Do you think it's good? Yeah, because I... We'd like to know. I can never tell. I, can, I mean, I can judge when, you know, a non-American actor puts on an American accent. But of course, I can't tell how bad or good somebody's English accent is. I'm just... if As long as it sounds in the neighborhood, it works for me as an American. Well, the issue that I have been the issue with this is that we do not know the different well i know more than you do but we do not know the different dialects like the regional the regional dialect. right no, I so don't like know. you know is she mixing her i seriously don't i mean i imagine she had an amazing coach and she's very good with that so i'm sure it was great we would just like to know if anyone out there you know say something on our instagram or um you know send us an email or Twitter or Facebook. Or Twitter, not seen this pod. I'm just saying, you not know, seen interact this with pod. us. Uh, okay, so this was uh, written and directed by Peter Howitt, who is formerly of TV, and actually he still still does some TV acting, but is also a director. This was his first. This was his directing or his writing and directing debut um this movie would not exist without him because he wrote it about himself um he is james who is uh, the charming john hannah i wondered about that because when i saw i don't know who the writer director is i'm not familiar with him but when i saw that it was written and directed by the same person yeah i was really curious because it's rare that you see that yeah in movies and that usually implies a certain amount of actual authorship and investment yeah so that's really interesting. So he says, and y'all, Hercules is here to give his two cents. I'm going to read you. There's a fucking great article by hmm, Haley Mlotek. Haley, I'm sorry. I'm totally butchering your name. Mlotek. M-L-O-T-E-K. Her- Looks like the ringer or something. Yeah, it is the yeah. ringer. Mm-hmm. 
for the ringer. I wasn't asking you who, where it was. I was asking you about her name. Oh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Oh my God, you're useless. Yeah. Okay. So this is uh, the joke. It starts, why did Peter Howitt, the writer and director of the 1998 film Sliding Doors Cross the Street? Well, to get to the phone box on the other side. He says, I was... I was walking down a very famous road in London called Charing Cross Road near towards Leicester Square. I had to phone a friend of mine about some play we were doing, and I saw this phone box on the other side of the road, and for whatever reason, what I call the cerebral flipping of the coin, we make a thousand of these decisions a day, I came down on phone him now. This is back before cell phones, I guess. I mean, the cell phones in the movie were those big, were the big, you know, bricks. They which, weren't that big. They were just some good looking little sliders and flip phones. They were bricks, stuff. man. Yeah, Come true. on. Uh, he says, I obeyed that instruction and just walked into the road without looking where I was going. And I nearly got hit square on by a car, which screeched to a halt within an inch of me. Uh, now what would have happened if he had hit me? Any number of things could have happened just because I decided to cross the road of the two choices. I felt like I had, I only knew one version of that moment in that instant. I thought, that's a great idea for a film. You take an everyday occurrence like crossing the road or running for the train, split it in two, and follow them both. And that's why Sliding Doors exists, simply because of that one moment. Isn't that cool? Mm-hmm. And think about those Think about those things. Think about those yeah. moments you have. Every day. Every day. Yeah. What would have happened if you hadn't slammed on the brakes today in the parking lot of Walgreens? And that guy was speeding behind us. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like, who knows? Exactly. Um, I have that happen, or like when those happen during the day, I think about all the things that happened in both of our lives leading up to that moment. Yeah. Like me and the random person I'm interacting with, and like if any one of those things in our day had happened differently, we wouldn't have crossed paths. Yeah. You know, but then we did, so. Yeah. yeah. I think about, okay, I, oh my God, Hercules is crying like, like, like he hasn't been fed, no one talks to him. I swear he knows we're doing this podcast. Um, see, did you hear that? <laughs> and now the cat. Now that now our producer is woken up and is going to get involved. So, you talked earlier about I can't remember how you put it, but I'm going to read this and maybe it'll spark your memory. Cool. Uh, Sliding Doors had a high-concept premise favored by studio executives of the 1980s and 90s. In her book, Is That a Gun in Your Pocket? The Truth About Female Power in Hollywood. There's female power in Hollywood? Hypothetically. Um, Rachel Abramowitz says that the hallmark is a film that can be described in two sentences or less. Simple, melodramatic promises such as Fish Out of Water, Beverly Hills Cop, or Underdog Makes Good, Top Gun, Flashdance. Mm-hmm. Um, Those are all from the 80s. Even among this landscape, Sliding Doors is particularly remarkable for its casual cleverness, blending secular spirituality and magical thinking without lapsing into weighing it down in theory or thought. Yeah. There's no explanation for why Helen, out of all women in the train, there's no explanation. I'm Now I'm just kind of riffing for you. Yeah. There's no explanation for why they picked her, why you know the universe picked her. It just happens. No, and there's no explanation for why we're even seeing this. Like it's just it's just one of those things you go along with because you're watching a movie. Yes. Like I think a lot of times, yes, there can be really cool high concept movies that have really neat ideas that, that explain them in a cool way. Yeah. But you don't, always need that and movies like this and groundhog day are case in point mm-hmm. if you've got somebody watching the movie and you've got a strong enough story and characters you're gonna get people going yes you don't need to over explain it if they'd explained what was happening if like Gwyneth paltrow in both timelines had found like 
oh, there was some accident and, like, lightning struck. And she has to, like, make... Oh, just fucking... It'd be so terrible, you know? Yeah. So... Or you could just put John Hanna in every movie. There you go. This actually, uh, like you said, you talked about how Sliding Doors has become its own part of uh, pop culture. Yeah. It's to the point where you'll have life coaches, um, like she says in this article, life coaches, uh, therapists, relationship counselors will encourage their clients to consider their own sliding doors moments, various spiritual and religious leaders, you know, who see the hand of God shaping the course of their followers' lives in every small moment. Right. Uh, Recently, as part of the Cut series called I Think About This A Lot, which I looked at and read from Ashley Fetters wrote about how often she remembers the sliding doors moment from the film saying she considers herself an evangelist for the basic premise, a rom-com with a built-in anxiety spiral for afterwards, basically nice. like, Oh my God, what could have happened in my life? Yeah. In 2016, the comedy website split cider pointed out that the sliding doors concept appears in multiple television sitcoms, noticeably, notably, noticeably what's wrong with me. With an episode of Frasier titled Sliding Frasiers, yep. Bob's Burgers, The Mindy Project, and Jane the Virgin. You also have Broad City. How it says that Sliding Doors is still the film that he's the most proud of. Well, it, which it, I agree with. It became its own thing because the concept of what would have happened differently if, if my life had gone a different way was not a new one. Nor were movies and TV shows that played with versions of that even new. I mean, like... It's a Wonderful Life is what would happen if you'd never been born. Uh, A Christmas Carol is a classic version of that. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what would happen if your life had gone differently or if you hadn't been around? So, like, the idea was not new to storytelling. But the focusing on what if one mundane thing changed in your day and we followed the ripples out from that, just focusing on that specific execution of it in Sliding Doors was so popular and well done that that version of that concept became summed up perfectly in just those two words, sliding yep. doors. Yep. How it says he had never written anything properly before. He just basically let things happen. He he just, I mean, it just sounds like he just had a, had something in him and let it out and it just happened to be great. He said um, that James is based on him. Um, he says, if I think there's anything clever about the film at all, it's the fact that if you're meant to meet someone, you're going to meet them. That's just fate or destiny, which I think is a nice romantic notion. Whether it's true or not, I don't know. But I believe that it is. And I think a lot of people believe in that kind of ultimate destiny. Then later he says, he talks about there's a scene where Brown Helen is walking across a bridge with Anna, who's her best friend. And she sees a boat race happening, which she in the other lifetime as yellow blonde Helen she's participating in and she says it's really weird I knew there was going to be a boat race on the river today with with purple and white Mm -hmm. rowers how do you know how did I know that and um he says why is that it's because you're still part of the other life the one you're not physically living it's like getting a shiver down your spine or a feeling of deja vu I didn't want it to become a psychological essay so much as a romantic suggestion. I 100% believe in parallel universes. Um, I think that you meet people and in this one you're supposed to be friends and in another one you're supposed to be not friends or I don't know. You find your tribe and that's who you hang with. I mean, what are the odds that I would, you were living in Los Angeles. I saw an ad for your the shitty website that you wrote for yep. on a website that I read and I just clicked on it and the first 
essay was yours Mm -hmm. and I read it and then I happened to just click on your blog and I saw that you were from Texas and I liked your writing and I liked the picture, but what were, and now we're married for 10 years. Yeah. 10 years this fall. What are, what is that? I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. What if I had never. Right. You know, what if Mm -hmm. I had a life and didn't spend so much time on the computer? Exactly. This is what I'm saying. It's weird. I don't know, man. It's it's wild. Um but we've got some big we've got some big hitters in our um this is produced by Sydney pa- uh, Sydney Pollock and Philippa Braithwaite who I don't know but I can only imagine with a name like that. It's fantastic. But Sydney Pollock, come on now. RIP. Legend. Watch Tootsie if you've never seen it and if you have never seen it I want to slap you but you must watch Tootsie. I will not get sucked into this conversation, Michael. Okay. I will not. Okay, look, I sent you a play to read that my roommate wrote. It had a great part in it for me. Did you read it? Where the hell do you come off sending me your roommate's play for you to star in? I'm your agent, not your mother. I'm not supposed to find plays for you to star in. I'm supposed to field offers, and that's what I do. Field offers? Who told you that? The agent fairy? That was a significant piece of work. I could have been terrific in that play. Michael, nobody's going to do that play. Why? Because it's a downer, that's why. Because nobody wants to produce a play about a couple that moved back to Love Canal. But that actually happened. Who gives a shit? Nobody wants to pay $20 to watch people living next to chemical waste. They can see that in New Jersey. Um, And Michael Clayton. Oh, my God. Everybody needs to watch Michael Clayton. Michael Clayton is so, so good. Mm. Not better than Tootsie. Different. Different. Just different. Same plot, though. It's weird. (laughs) Both of them involve Dustin Hoffman and drag. I don't understand it. one's a drama. But there you go. It's just weird. Um, Music by David Hirschfelder, who did the music for Strictly Ballroom, which if that is... That's one of your faves. That's one of my faves. I highly recommend it. He also did the... He was nominated for Academy Awards for his scores for Shine. And I think... Didn't he win Shine? No, uh, it doesn't matter. Jeffrey Rush won for Shine. Yeah. But Shine is a fantastic soundtrack. I bought it right after I saw the movie. Haven't and seen that movie. Also, you haven't seen Shine? No. Oh, we're going to have to add it to the list. I think it was also like 98 or 97. It was around then. Yeah, we'll have to add it to the list. Yeah. And Elizabeth. So these dudes all worked on oh, Elizabeth. Oh, yeah. I didn't see Elizabeth either. Okay. Well, the cinematographer, Remy, I'm going to fuck up your last name, Spell Remy. It. Ada Farrison, you got it. O B E B S C is an English cinematographer. His work on Elizabeth won him a lot of awards and an Academy Award nomination, and he was the first black person to be nominated for the Academy Award for Best Cinematography. Huh. This was budgeted at six million, so there's your little budget. It kind of shows, but it grossed fifty-eight. Good, yeah, huge. Not huge gross. Hit. Net. Grossed. Grossed. Mm-hmm. I get those wrong all the time. It's okay. That's why he's in charge of the money. <laughs> they had they had a really good group of people working on this film. It wasn't just like so and so was playing on his synthesizer and they called him up. Um Okay, so soundtrack. Let's talk about the heavy hitters lined up here. We have Amy Mann, Elton John, Dido. Aqua, Jamiroquai. I heard the Kwai. I thought they were in there. I must believe I can do anything. I can be anyone. I don't think I'd heard this Jamiroquai song before. 
So it took me a minute, but I was like, that's the dude from Jamiroquai. I am the wind. I recognize yeah. his, his voice. Okay, we've got Abra Moore, Peach Union, Olive, Dodgy, Blair, Andre Barrow. None of these sound real. I imagine they're British. Yeah. Um, this was a soundtrack that I owned and played constantly. Yeah. Now, if you want to hear some of the songs, you can go on Spotify. Somebody's made a playlist, but they're not all available on Spotify. So I imagine, I think I'm just going to buy the CD off Amazon. Yeah. Um, because I miss it. I miss my... I had all my CDs stolen um, on a plane uh, years ago. And um, I missed that CD because yeah, it's a really it. good soundtrack. And I've done that before too. Like when stuff is not available, mm-hmm. um, like I've bought CDs before because like, I'm like, I just want to listen to this music again. Yeah. I remember uh, years ago, I bought the Rocketeer soundtrack because at the time it wasn't, I remember. it wasn't streaming and maybe it is now, but I was like, I just want to listen to this music right now. And I it's don't blame so you. Good. So yeah, you should pick up that CD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a fantastic, fantastic 90s soundtrack. Very, You just feel very in the 90s when you're watching it in a, very, in a good way. Very. Just a feel-good movie. I'm just going to say it. I mean, the people are pretty. The music is good. You're in London, which, God, I love. And in the end, the guy gets the girl and everybody's yeah, happy. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's what you want in a movie. Like, And, and just to, to close up on the thing we said earlier, you know, you know, blonde Helen dies, brunette Helen lives. Brunette Helen, though, sends Jerry packing, walks out of the hospital, leaves, crosses paths, and then walks into the elevator and again drops her earring, where it's picked up again by John Hanna, who's there, having been visiting somebody else. His mommy. And so it you get this sense that like, okay, their storyline is destined to start back up and they will yep. they they found each other again in this version of things. Yeah. So uh so it's it's a nice note to end on because you know where they can go. They just, you know, they're at the beginning of it. So it's kind of cool that you've seen to a degree kind of what they can already be together and how they can be for each other. Yes. You just know it's now going to get to happen for real. Yes. So, yeah. And I cry every time Blonde Helen dies. I know that she's going to die, but I cry every fucking time. You did start crying. It's really wonderful. Yep. Go see it. I mean, get it. you can rent it. Yeah, on... it's like a few bucks on Amazon right now. It's Amazon. also, I think it's streaming on a couple of services like Tubi, uh, T-U-B-I TV, and IMDb TV, which I think let you see movies with ads. So if you want to check out that. one of those, yeah, it's your call. I did, I, I admit that I'm spoiled, and I would rather spend 3 or $4 to just rent something than yeah. deal with like really crappy, annoying ads throughout a movie. Yeah. I just, I'll spend the 4 bucks. That's why I cut cable in the first place. I just don't want to deal with commercials. Oh, so, cable. It's the best thing ever. Yeah, that was like years ago we did that. Um, so yeah, it's it's rentable and it's it's out there for y'all to check out. So it's a really fun movie. And also, it's great to see such an early performance by somebody that would go on to be so huge. And this is one of the things that m- helped make her career and kick her to the next level. Yeah. You know, this is a big movie for her. And But you see her come on screen and like, I mean, I was just struck. She walks in in that first scene and she's so young she was born in 72 so she was like 25 when they shot this like she is so young looking and you realize oh my god how young she was yeah because i mean she still looks good and it's 22 years later i know you know like she was so young she was a baby in this and john hannah's charming and it's fun like again like you can see you can see the budgetary limitations but they're charming like you're like, oh, they just put this little scrappy movie together, you know? Yeah. Um, and she, it's it's a fun '90s. And they definitely made drama. their money back. Yeah, they did. And again, uh, like I was telling Tracy, uh, even before we watched it, and then again after, like, I just love, and I'm always fascinated by when movies become shorthand. 
you know, we've mentioned Sliding Doors and Groundhog Day a, a bunch just tonight. Like, you know, those are big ones because those are, those entered into. I just threw a highlighter at she the did. cats. Those entered into our pop culture lexicon. Like when you say Groundhog Day, people don't just know the movie, but they know the concept and what you mean when you use it in other contexts. Yeah. And Sliding Doors became that. And so I always just think it's cool how movies and, and TV and books, when those stories we tell ourselves. Like Gaslight. Yeah. Gaslight. That's another great one. When they become so popular and helpful and they just become things that we say as cultural shorthand for other concepts gaslight didn't exist until i know that's the the thing like i love when we this just because i love the way we use stories to process and understand things and and just entertain ourselves understand more about our lives so i just love when movies like sliding doors when they become bigger than themselves like there's no way when this guy wrote this movie as proud of it as he was that he thought the title and the concept would become like this universal pop culture touch point yeah you know like people know the phrase sliding doors moment having never seen the movie yeah so i just love stuff like that i love when movies can take hold in, in culture and in our lives like that i just think it's great he's geeking out i am geeking out he's getting geeky that's how i live he's getting freaky geeky oh <laughs> so yeah well i'm really glad that you liked it because i love it yeah it's real charming it's a charmer and i thought it was i thought this was a it's it's watch this movie it will take your mind off of things it's a good one for right now it's a nice little escape it's definitely an escape definitely not anything please stop watching contagion and reading the new york times i mean check on it check on here's what you should do check the news like once or twice a day yeah please that's it please stop everyone jokes about like oh i'm reading this pandemic book i'm reading this why why are you doing that you don't need to why are you doing that reading the news 10 times a day doesn't make more news happen or make the news happen faster no i mean they're talking about reading pandemic novels oh yeah that too like watching pandemic movies stop that take a break stop it take a break if you want to watch that or read some of that to help living the fucking movie you don't need to watch a movie about it just look out there and see it happening. Yeah. And if you want to read or watch something like that to help yourself process it or deal with it, that's cool. Go for it. But be wary of just digging into that and doing that nonstop. Like, please watch Sliding Doors. Watch Bob's Burgers. Watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You know, listen to comedy podcasts. Take a break. Yeah. You know? Well, so, yeah, watch Sliding Doors. Take yeah. a load off. Yeah. Well, good. Yeah. Good. Another good week. Um, Next week, we have a special treat that I will not share yet. Do we? Yes, we do. Okay. I've um, forgotten what it is. I will remind you. Okay. But this is how I, I came up with a clever name for something, and we may have price back. Oh. Um, Price is in Houston now. I mean, we can't see him, although maybe he'll be done. Will he be done? Nope. Okay. Well, he won't be done with his quarantine yet. But, uh, yeah, we might. So we might have Price come back as a special guest next week. Yeah. Cause you remember now. He's special, ladies and gentlemen. I, it's, uh, it's like I'm keeping the plates spinning and sometimes they just fall. Yep. 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 This is what I got. I wanted to read another review because. I'm tickled by our reviews. Which, by the way, as she's looking that up, let me please gently remind you and encourage you to leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Like an actual... Yeah, don't just... The stars, of course, are very welcome. But if you actually leave even a small review, just a brief headline and a little sentence, it actually does help the brainless algorithm that runs this thing 
get our stuff out there in front of more people. It's and it's very appreciated. So thank you in advance. This is from Gibby Dog. What's up, Gibby Dog? Yo, Gib. Funny wife and husband duo crack each other up, discuss main plots, tangents, and all with an ease that makes you feel like you're in their living room with them. I'm so glad you're not because that's you right over there. Hey, man. Messy as shit. Dude, it's embarrassing. Plus, occasional appearance by their dog and cat. Enjoyable. Thank you, Gibby Dog. Appropriate timing for today. <laughs> Daniel was Both of whom so annoyed up. by Hercules he would not that there are no. Up words he would not shut up oh my god all right so hell yes i'm gonna start it i'm gonna take it do it my hell yes one that may not be new to a lot of you but considering the series finale was this week and um how much we love it my hell yeah is schitt's creek holy shit not to be not to not to pun it too badly but this is what is getting us through this show is what's getting us through this Word. fucking quarantine we are parceling it out for ourselves and it is truly one of the most pure happy loving funny witty everything shows that i have ever seen ever And the fact that it came about because Dan Levy was like, I finally want to work on something with my dad because he made it all on his own. Um, You're gonna make it after all. Throw your hat. Uh, He asked his dad, he's like, I want to do this thing. And Eugene Levy was like, hooray. And so he and his son and his daughter, you know, are in this show and it is pure joy. Catherine O'Hara, Eugene Levy, Dan Levy, the super cute girl who plays Alexis and I can't remember her name. Me either, but she's great. Oh my God, you guys. This show, like every time it ends, Daniel's just like giddy. Yeah, we just started it a couple of weeks ago and, you know, we're we're already in, I think we just finished season three. No, we're, the next episode is, is the, the end, end of season of three. Season okay, three. so we're end of season three, which means we've got season four after that and then we'll get our hands on five, which just ended and that's the end of the show. Is it six? Uh, six seasons, even more. Awesome. More episodes. Uh, yeah, I'm just, it's such a wonderful show. It's so happy. It's so fun. And I'm glad you said witty. I was thinking the same thing. The writing and the comedy are just amazing. Yes. Written by Eugene Levy and Dan Levy. So of course yeah, it's do brilliant. A lot of writing. Mm-hmm. If you haven't ever gotten a chance to get your hands on SCTV, look on YouTube and see if they've got clips. I'm sure they do because it's super, it's old. Uh, it's an old Canadian SNL kind of show and it's fucking hilarious. And Catherine O'Hara and Eugene Levy met there back in what the seventies. Yeah. Um, oh my God. It's really great. John Candy, I think is on it. I can't remember those two funny guys from Canada that like, I can't remember their names. Anyway, SCTV is great. But um, Shit's Creek, guys, like for real, if you really just want to feel pure love and joy and happiness and laugh and laugh and laugh, yep. then you'll watch that show. And with my compliments. Uh, good call. So good that's, one. that's mine. That's good hell yeah. My hell yeah is one that happened a couple weeks ago. And uh, I just wanted to bring it back up because in all the haste to, you know, lock down and stay in our homes and, and pray for the end. I think we might have missed it, and that is the cat's butthole cut. <laughs> Here's what I'm talking about. I did not see the movie Cats. I not had, our cats. I had no desire to. The movie based on the musical, um, I, I've not seen the stage play. I don't want to see it. I've seen bits and pieces. It looks terrible. And as a former film critic, or reformed film critic, whatever you want to call me, I really, I really try to not 
judge movies without having seen them because I know that I can't really speak with any kind of authority or sense if I haven't seen the movie. But I feel really confident having seen a lot about cats and seen a lot of clips and analyses. It, it is just not only bad, but even worse than I can imagine. So a couple weeks ago, something surfaced on Twitter where a guy said, uh, a, vi a VFX producer friend of a friend was hired in November to finish some of the 400 effects shot in Cats. His entire job was to remove CGI buttholes that had been inserted a few months before, which means that somewhere out there, there exists a butthole cut of Cats. And also there exists a man or woman who had to actually put yes. buttholes. Now then, the, the facts of this are as yet unverified. We only have accounts online and and rumors that seem likely based on the general shit show that is that movie uh they didn't use any motion capture suits when they were filming which are you know the suits that have little dots all over them like when you see all any other movie that's made with like cgi like this or video games where the people look really really real it's because they're wearing motion capture suits that they can they animate over very accurately they just had these people running around in jumpsuits so that's why the heads all look kind of floaty on the bodies in Cats, because they're all just basically glued on in post-production very hastily. Another person on Twitter responded after that initial thing, said that uh, that he had worked on the movie and claimed it was 100% true, saying, quote, In some shots we were animating, we pointed out that we saw the cat's asshole, lol. They freaked out as nobody noticed, and it was late in production, so they had someone come in and remove them. Now... There are more things that happened after that because, as to say the mystery deepens, uh, a, <laughs> a, a follow-up report Deep throat. from somebody online said there were never shots of cats with buttholes, or at least by design, or none that I saw anyway. However, there were a dozen or so shots where the skin and fur sim was groomed or just folded in a way that really, really looked like very furry lady genitals and buttholes by accident. <laughs> the task, as typical with heavy CG shows, fell on 2D to paint out the offending articles where it was brought up and spotted. Daily reviews were constant awkward discussions of people plucking up the courage to point out things like, does this look like a fanny to you? Fanny being slang for vagina. In yes, I'm so, very well aware. So there is in some hard drive somewhere a version of the movie where the cats either have buttholes that were placed there on purpose or through the accident of animating have what look like buttholes and vaginas that then had to be cleaned up. Either way, there's a butthole cut of cats on somebody's hard drive. Yeah. It looks like a terrible movie. I just watched, coincidentally, a great video essay last night on YouTube by Lindsay Ellis, who's a great YouTube essay maker, about cats. It's about an hour long. It's fantastic. It's about the history of the stage production and why it is so fucking insane, why the attempts to make a movie were so misguided and just like a train wreck barreling toward a wall that would not stop. It is amazing. It's... It's a, it's a great essay, and the movie, the she has, of course, a lot of clips from the movie because it's I think it's on home video now. Um, man, it looks bad. It just looks staggeringly bad. Just amazing. So, yeah, there's a butthole cut of cats. So just look on that as like a little bright side thing for you. When you're thinking, hey, man, life is weird. Yeah, it is because somewhere there's a butthole cut of cats. There is. So let that cheer you up. The that only exists. good thing to come out of cats is Betty Buckley's memory. She sings it so well, and it just makes your heart ache 
Yeah. And I don't know. Well, as is the case with so many Andrew Lloyd Webber things, you'll have this piece of crap with one beautiful thing floating next to it. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, and uh, he he didn't even have that song originally in the show. He'd written the melody earlier and went back and forth with Tim Rice with whom he had a falling out by then and did some lyric stuff, which changed. So they added the song and finished the lyrics while it was in previews. So, cause like it was, cause it's so disjointed and they didn't even have like a big show stopping number for the musical that you're supposed to have that kind of like, I can't imagine that show number. without memory. No one can. It's the only good part of the movie uh, and the, the show, I should say. So yeah, they stapled it in, in previews and honestly without memory, that show would have folded. Now I am going to say, just in his defense, Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber has made all of his plays available for people to watch. Okay. Um, while we're going through all of this. Okay. And you can look it up. It's on like some website shows.com. I don't know, whatever. But you can watch any of his shows. If you are an Andrew Lloyd Webber fan, I kind of am. You can watch. I can't help it. I was raised in that time. You can watch any of his shows, which I think is very kind. And he's been doing some really funny Instagram stuff. What about Starlight Express? I saw that. That's the train one, right? I saw that in the theater. I actually saw Starlight Express. Wasn't there a thing like it's about trains and they're on roller skates, right? We really, we don't have time to get into this. Didn't people like die or get injured in that? Because like it's so dangerous, the staging. I'm sure they did. I don't know. I think so. Listen, man. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Phantom of the Opera. I mean, it is what it is. Whatever. It's whatever. It not is what it is. It's not, not your thing. thing. Nope. It's fine. Cats. <sighs> Sing the Jellicle song. <laughs> you know you can. <laughs> Don't let this laughter delay Jellicles you. can and Jellicles do. Jellicles do and Jellicles can. Jellicles can and Jellicles do. Jellicles can and Jellicles do. Jellicles can and Jellicles do. Jellicles can and Jellicles cats. Jellicles yep. can and Jellicles do. I don't know. That's my girl. One night years ago, <laughs> we're lying in bed, and I don't know how I fell into this rabbit hole on the internet, and I was like, man, Cats is weird. And she's like, let me tell you about it. And she recapped the plot of Cats for me while singing all the songs. Frag- the Rum Tom Tugger oh. is a curious cat. If you offer me a pheasant, I'd rather have grouse. Bum, bum. If you put me in a flat, then I'd rather have a house. If you put me in a house, then I'd rather have a flat. If you set me on a mouse, then I'd rather have a rat. If you set me on a rat, then I'd rather have a mouse. Bum, bum, bum. The Rum Tom Tugger is a curious We have cat. to go. We okay. honestly have to go. <laughs> That's what it was like. You started it. That's what it was like. She was. I was like. She was like. I saw cats as a kid. I thought it would be like a brief story. No, she told me the plot and then sang most of most of the songs. <laughs> By which I mean huge chunks of all the songs. Mr. It was actually pretty great. She's got these like she got these amazing wells of bizarre knowledge. Like one night I was like, Hey, what are the James Bond theme songs? And she fucking just she can sing them, sing them all in order, chronological order, and tell you who sang them. Yep, it's amazing. Yeah, it was so awesome. So yeah, there's a butthole cut of cats in the world, and check out Lindsay Ellis uh, on YouTube for her latest essay, "Why Is Cats," just, and watch Shit's Creek. And watch Shit's Creek. It's so funny. It's, it's so great. Just unbelievable. It's a great show. Uh, we love you guys. Please be safe. A lot of people are 
I think people are taking things more seriously now, but we really want you to take this seriously. The CDC says, please wear cloth masks when you go out. If you don't have them, they're being made everywhere. You can buy them on many websites. And we went out today wearing just bandanas because we don't have our masks yet. And we looked like we were robbing the Walgreens. Right. Um, but it was weird. We really, but we did it. We really want you guys to be safe. We really want you to be healthy. Keep the Keep the social distancing going. We'll keep the podcasting going, and um, we wish you and yours uh, health, health, and um, yeah. more health. Be safe, be healthy, be smart, and just take care of each other, and stay connected, okay? Yeah, and if anyone wants to hear more cats, just comment, and I'd be happy to sing Yeah, it again, hit us up on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook at Not Seen This Pod, and we'll just give you some cat songs. <laughs> All right, y'all take care. We love you. Bye, everybody. Bye, I can't find the cursor. There it is. Okay. Bye bye. Jeez. so bad